Welcome to the Give to Profit podcast, the podcast that inspires business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders to turn their business into a profitable force for good. During our weekly episodes, you'll hear business leaders and entrepreneurs share how they put social impact at the heart of their business and the many benefits that come from doing this. You can find full show notes for today's show and additional resources at givetoprofit.com. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, where it would also be great if you could leave us a rating and review. For every review this month, we'll be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. And so now, here's your host, business mentor, speaker and author, Alison McKenzie. Hi, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Give to Profit podcast show. This is your host, Alison McKenzie, and I'm delighted to be here once again with you for this show. Now, today's show is a little bit of different format. So rather than me interviewing guests, what I thought I'd do today is to share my top 10 observations and insights about business giving from 2017. Now, some of this has come from what I have gathered from reading articles and books and watching YouTube videos, although much of my experience has come from speaking to lots of interesting people in the field of charitable giving and social impact, including, of course, the wonderful guests I've had the pleasure to interview as part of this show. Interviewing guests has definitely been one of the things that I love the most about my work and not only just speaking to them but hearing about their experiences and the wealth of wisdom which they have shared on all the shows to date. So I'm full of gratitude to all my guests and also to all of you as listeners and particularly those who choose to tune in week after week after week. So thanks so much for being here, being of support and actually also being here to listen today. So let's just get straight into sharing my top 10 insights from last year. And the first one of these is that give to profit is so obvious. This is the thing that people say to me often after they hear me speak at events or finish reading my book. And they just come up to me and say, gosh, that's so obvious. Why haven't I thought of that for myself? And you know, it's a funny thing, I tend to agree with this sentiment and that's why I almost didn't write the book because what I'd been doing for years just seemed like the simplest way to run a business and do good in the world at the same time. You see, I didn't have the time to keep my personal giving or charitable giving separate from my business. So I brought my desire to make a real difference in the world into the heart of my business. And even though people were asking me how to do this, I really wasn't sure there would be enough interest in this topic to warrant it becoming the main focus of my business. But thanks to feedback from readers of my book and responses I've had from audiences when I've been speaking or being interviewed, I realised that what was natural to me isn't to others. And I'm absolutely delighted to now be expanding the Grift to Profit product service range with more workshops, talks and an online community about to be launched. And if you've been part of my journey, honestly, I just want to say thank you from the depths of my heart for your support. And I'm glad that you're actually finding what I share of interest and value to you. 
So the second top insight is actually around the research that's out there and the wealth of research that demonstrates that doing good is good for business. I was aware of some research that I stumbled across when I was writing my book. And I could honestly, if I'm being perfectly honest, I could have got lost in just in that internet, um, the, the, the tunnel and the ether of the internet as, as I, I went from one piece of research to another. But I realised that I really needed to stop doing research and get the book out there or it might never have been published in itself. So what I have actually really enjoyed over the last year is doing more research, but actually also through speaking to the wonderful and interesting guests that I've interviewed for the podcast, I've learned about more and more studies and they've been sharing different examples of different businesses that are doing good in the world. So I just thought I'd share some of my favourite studies and stats with you here today. And the first one is that meaningful brands have outperformed the stock market by a staggering 206% over 10 years to 2016. And that is a stat that came from a study done by Havas Meaningful Brands and is stated in their 2017 report. And it's just one of the key findings in a study that they did that links brand to performance to the quality of life and well-being. It's a large study, so we're not talking about something small here. It's, it's actually the largest global study of its kind that covers 33 different countries, 300,000 people and 1,500 brands. So I think that it's really reassuring to see that A, that study has been commissioned but actually also of the return that they've actually calculated. And it definitely shows that doing good in the world is actually good for business. Another stat that I love, which is from the same company, Havas, Meaningful Brands, and that is that 57% of UK consumers said companies should be actively involved in solving social or environmental problems. Now, because I'm based in the UK, I've just happened to have mentioned a UK stat. They actually, what I love about their reports is they do give breakdowns by different regions. So you can actually go in and search on Havas um, Meaningful Brands and you'll probably be able to see a breakdown for certainly most of the main countries or clusters of countries in the world. Another stat that I think is really, really encouraging is that 91% of global consumers expect companies to do more than make a profit with 84% seeking out responsible products. Now that's come from the Cone 2005 report. And I think this is something that I find most exciting is that the changes that we're seeing in terms of businesses changing their approach to impact versus profit, a lot of that is driven by what consumers are wanting us to do and through our businesses. So if we start to pay attention to that, if we pay attention to consumer trends and demands, then it really shows that as a business, we need to be doing more good and demonstrating how we're doing that, sharing through our marketing, sharing on our websites, etc., what we are doing so that people that meet us or encounter us online actually know that we are doing good because if we're not we could be sending customers to our competition. One of the things that I discovered during the year which I was really excited about was the Fortune Change the World list. Now this is an incredible list and even the fact that that is there that that started to be collated over the last few years I think is incredible but it, what it is is it's the top 100 companies that have a positive social impact 
through their core business activities. Now, the main list is for companies that have revenues over $1 billion. And what they do is they seek nominations of businesses with that kind of revenue from businesses, from academia, from non-profit groups around the world. And then these are actually assessed by a non-profit social impact consulting firm, FSG, and another organisation called the Shared Values Initiative, which is a global platform for organisations seeking business solutions to social challenges, and by someone called Michael E. Porter from the Harvard Business School. And actually, just while I'm mentioning him, another study that is really good to check out if you haven't done already is a shared values paper that he was one of the co-authors for through the, the Harvard Business Review, which is definitely worth checking out. And then once it's actually, you know, once there's been a nomination of who these companies are and they've been assessed, they are then submitted to the Fortune writers and editors who evaluate and rank the companies by three factors, measurable social impact, business results and the degree of innovation. And I just think that's an incredible index to be out there. In 2017, they also started to mention up-and-coming companies. And one of these, Blackboard, I was delighted to actually be able to interview the VB vice president in charge of corporate social responsibility, Rachel Hutchison. And you can hear me interview her in episode 13 on the era of CSR ending. And that's just a fascinating interview. But we also do talk about the Fortune Change the World list. So again, it's seeing that there is an investment and interest in this topic to me is really encouraging and again shows that this is the way for businesses to go forward if they want to continue to actually be profitable, be sustainable, be connected to what consumers are looking for in the future. And one of the other things that I discovered over the year or through the year was the 17 UN Global Sustainability Development Goals. So in 2015, business leaders from around the world, including Richard Branson, came together to launch these 17 sustainability development goals. And these are effectively goals that we can all work towards to tackle and solve many of the world's greatest problems. I've certainly found it really, really helpful to look into what these goals are and to align my business to the sustainability goals that resonate most with my values. So for me, the three goals that resonate most with what, what I'm really interested in is poverty, education and social justice. And when I start to look back at the causes I've supported, either in terms of my fundraising or the causes or issues that inspire me into action, so things like homelessness, then they fit within the poverty, education and social justice. And actually, social justice covers things like the refugee crisis or the humanitarian work I have done with genocide survivors in Rwanda. So it's well worth checking these global sustainability development goals out. I will share a link to these in the show notes so you can find it out more. Now, not all these um, studies and stats relate to businesses that focus specifically on social impact. Or, in fact, you know, about supporting social causes, which is what Give to Profit is all about. But they are certainly an indication of consumer trends and preferences. 
and there are many many different companies doing good around the world and if you've been listening to the episodes you'll have heard lots of different examples from many of my guests and certainly Caroline Butler Madden who I interviewed in episode four shared lots of great stats and examples of other businesses doing good. I think personally for me three that capture my heart that are maybe larger organizations and businesses are Patagonia the outdoor wear company which you've probably heard a few of us on the show discuss they are certainly what I see as one of the world leaders in terms of looking at social impact and building a brand a meaningful brand around that innocent drinks that we have in the UK and Virgin Money are two others that I watch with curiosity in terms of to see what they're doing but I'm sure for all of us when you actually start to look at what's happening on a day-to-day basis when you're out and about look at I mean I notice it even when I go to a cafe or a restaurant Um, Or you see what's happening in supermarkets. There are so many companies now that are doing good that we can get ideas by just opening our eyes and being present in the moment and seeing what's going on around us in our local communities as well. So lots and lots of different research and indications that doing good is good for business. So the third thing that has been quite an eye-opener for me is that most people still don't realise there is legislation that governs cause marketing in most countries around the world. So put simply, cause marketing is where a business incorporates fundraising into their marketing or sales campaign. So an example would be mentioning that you're donating a percentage of sales or profits to charity. If you're doing this, please do make sure you check out legislation that could apply as I discuss in my book, and I've got lots of videos on my YouTube channel on this topic too and on my blog, it's definitely worth checking out because you don't want to become foul to legislation that does apply in a lot or certainly in a lot of Western developed countries. I was just absolutely thrilled to interview one of the world's leaders in cause marketing, Joe Waters from Selfish Giving. And that was in episode three, I think it was. And in that episode, he shares some fantastic examples of cause marketing. We also had another episode where my friend Kim McLeod shares the surprising positive side effects of the fundraising that she did in honour of her young son who tragically died. And that is definitely worth checking out that interview in terms of just hearing her experiences, her story and how incorporating fundraising into her business enabled her to feel that he was part of the business and was present and that she didn't need to shut him out of what she was doing with her business. A really powerful interview that we did there. I think for years I have been an advocate that incorporating fundraising into our business is a great way to grow our business. But please do make sure that you are applying any legislation before doing this and check out the resources that are available. Leading on from that, one of the best experiences that I had in 2017 was that I helped conference organisers in Australia raise over 20,000 Australian dollars in only a few hours because of the way that we incorporated a range of different fundraising ideas into the event. And these were activities that were inspiring, that engaged many attendees. We engaged the speakers and the sponsors and trade stand holders. And we also gave people the opportunity, a way to give that was fun, but without absolutely no pressure to give at the same time. It was an incredible experience. And as one of the organisers said afterwards, and this this meant so much to me hearing this actually, was that 
she came to me and she said, deepest heartfelt gratitude for all you created, Alison. The weekend feedback has been phenomenal. And this element of giving, I feel, was the piece that connected all hearts. Now, it was a brilliant conference anyway. But what I took from that was that the charitable element that we added and the way in which we did it actually helped bring people together even more. And it certainly was an incredible experience. I mean, I know that I have been incorporating fundraising into events and conferences as a way to connect with audiences and to share my message and raise funds at the same time. And I have, over the years, usually got great results from doing this in terms of engaging and connecting with people, raising funds and getting more leads and customers for my business. But it is something that I see people doing terribly too. So, for instance, making requests for donations that fall completely on deaf ears or people missing incredible opportunities to raise funds for causes close to their hearts. Personally, at that event in Australia, it was just so amazing to see Give to Profit come to life and to have been able to contribute to funding a project for Indigenous people and refugees in Australia. At the event, we set the intention that we would raise enough money to fund the first part of training out in in communities of Indigenous people and working with refugees in Australia. And we more than raised the money that we had actually set aside and, and what our target was. So it was absolutely incredible. And I just felt so encouraged by the experience and can't wait to work with more conference organisers around the world to help them achieve the same. Now, this is something that you can easily do for yourself too. And I share some of my ideas in my Give to Profit book. And I also intend to do an episode specifically on this topic soon. So if you do organise events, watch out for the show where I'll be sharing a lot more on that and actually be interviewing um, people that I've worked with. So the fifth insight that I want to share is more of a personal reflection on Give to Profit for me. And that is that the scope of Give to Profit as a concept is much bigger than I actually thought. The focus of my book is how to grow a small business by supporting charities and social causes. So by strategically linking our desire to give as a business owner with our business activities and the desire to help a cause. It was to the bringing together of each of those three circles, what we want personally, what we want for our businesses and the impact that we want to have. However, as others have shared how they're implementing what I teach and through the many conversations I've had over the last year, I've realised that this model can be used in other ways too. So for instance, with larger businesses, most of what I talk about in my book and most of my audience are small to medium sized businesses but actually I've realized that the same model can apply to larger organizations as well and it's just simply a case of replacing things like instead of saying what what our but you know that having a circle for what our personal desired outcomes are that we have as a business owner we would then translate that across into the values and desires of everybody within the business if we wanted to engage our people so we're looking at the values of the people within the organization and then we're looking at the business goals as a whole and the charitable piece and impact that we want to have as well 
we could apply this to different types of organisations. So I might, again, initially I thought it was for the small to medium sized business, but we could actually apply this model to schools, to the way we teach in classes, to enterprising projects, to universities or whatever type of organisation you are. I know of one public agency in the UK who's actually adopting this as their business model and have completely revamped and had, had gone, done quite a lot of in-depth work into the social positive social impact that they want to have as a business or as an organisation, which it was really, you know, I was just thrilled to hear about how the book and the, my, the idea of Gift to Profit had inspired them to do that. So the sixth insight that I'm taking from 2017 has actually been the power of clarifying your social impact mission statement. So in response to requests for help from people who'd read my book, I ran a Give to Profit strategy one day workshop last month, helping business owners and leaders get clear on the social impact they wanted to have through their business. And so what we looked at on that day was really helping them define a concise social impact mission statement that reflects the impact that they would like to have. So I touch on this topic in my book when I'm talking about the seven steps to growing your business by supporting charities and social causes, when I'm talking about that first step on getting clear on your why. And a social impact mission statement is simply a statement that conveys the impacts that you want to have in the world. So why you're in business. And having this really concise statement, it not only helps you focus your business activities on around what's important to you, it can also really help you communicate your mission to your customers and external stakeholders and anybody who is interested in what you're doing. For example, the mission statement of the health food company Kind is to make the world a kinder place. Lovely and succinct. My mission statement is to make a difference to a million people by making it easier for businesses to become a force for good. And these may seem like really simple statements, but the process that you go through to come up with your social impact statement is truly enlightening. And mine has given me a lot more clarity, a lot more focus, and is really influencing the products and services and marketing strategies that I will be adopting in the future. It, it really helps me say no to work that's not aligned to the difference that I want to make in the world, and also helps me prioritise how I spend my time and money. And you can actually see the concise statement is the starting point, but what I've done is I've actually then also looked at how do I apply that statement across all aspects of my business? And if you want to see what that actually looks like, if you go to my website, alison.com forward slash, I think it's giving or Alison's giving, then you will actually see I've got a whole page that talks about all the social impacts, what I'm doing around social impact. There's actually a one, it's a graphic which is a document effectively that shows how I apply this statement across my products, my services, my pricing, my strategies, the way I service my clients, the way I'm going to be building a community and many different aspects of the business. So it's a really, really powerful thing to have to really help keep you focused. If it's something you'd like to do, please do get in touch. I am planning to run more workshops in Edinburgh and London and online throughout 2018. So definitely get in touch if that's something that you think might help you. 
The seventh thing I want to share with you is that focusing on your impact does good, feels good and attracts clients. Now, I know that I've talked about this in my book, but there's just a lot more information that has come through from doing the interviews and obviously all the research that I've already shared with you. Because we're constantly having an impact on others as we dance through life, whether or not we're aware of the type of impact we're having. And the same is true when we're in business. Yet, being aware of our social impact is often an evolution for business owners. Because most business owners and entrepreneurs start up in business with the key goal to earn money for themselves or to set up a social enterprise that solves a specific social problem. Now, most business owners actually start up, set up in business. If they're calling themselves business owners, they tend to set up businesses with the intention of earning money. And if I'm honest, that was me too. Yes, I'm driven by my desire to make a difference, but my first business goal was to support myself financially. And I was really looking to challenge off being able to do that and the challenge and need to as well. There was a financial need that I had to be able to support myself. But it was also actually a challenge to be able to support myself in a way that I was accustomed to having come from uh, being in the investment industry. So like many others, my focus was on income generation and getting clients first because I didn't know at the time that focusing on impact is actually a better way to build a sustainable business for those of us who are motivated to make a difference. Well, in those early years, there was a conflict that I felt inside because I want, I was driven to make a difference, but I also had this financial need. I had to be earning money too in order to continue to live. So why is focusing on impact important? And how do you know what impact you're having? Well, I discussed some of this in my book, but I was absolutely over the moon to also interview someone who's been a great influence to me over the last couple of years, Wendy Lipton Dibner. And she is, to me, the world's expert on the benefits of focusing on impact. And it's well worth checking out episode number five of the show to hear what she shares on this topic and to read her book, Focus in Impact, at Incredible. There's also another interview that I have done over the last few months, and that was in episode 11, where I interviewed Phil Hade, who actually also shares three-step framework for actually measuring impact in the interview I did with him, which was titled Profit with Purpose. There are other resources and here in today's show, what I really want to share with you is how focusing on my impact over the last year has really helped me have much deeper sense of connection and satisfaction to all aspects of my business. So as I've already mentioned, having social impact statement has really helped me be more focused and determine which bright, shiny things it would be really good for me to ignore. Before jumping into that next exciting opportunity, I now ask myself, will this take me further or nearer my ultimate goal? In other words, the impact that I want to have in the world. If that latest thing that has, that has caught my attention isn't going to take me nearer the impact that I want to have in the world, I now don't do it. It feels much better. Such a relief, actually, to be spending my time doing more of what makes my heart sing. So by measuring my impact, I also feel that I'm making the difference I want to make in the world. And I'm measuring the impact relative to my starting point and the impact that I want to actually have. And I'm still definitely at the very early stages of doing this myself. And I'm working out how to share this better externally. But I'm really pleased with the progress I've made. And you can see more on that impact page on my website that I mentioned earlier. In fact, I'll actually share it in the show notes for this episode as well. 
And thanks to being a member of the B1G1 community, which I talk about more in episode one of the podcast show when I interviewed its founder, Masami Sato, it now does feel brilliant to actually, and this just sounds so odd, to be doing my accounts on time every month. <laughs> now let me just explain that a little bit more. Doing my accounts is one of my least favourite activities in business. I'm sure you've probably got different activities that you love doing and things that you don't doing too. And doing my accounts on time, keeping them up to date, is something that has always been a challenge for me, even with the support of a virtual assistant, a bookkeeper and an accountant. So I don't really have to do too much, but the little I need to do is always the last thing on my to-do list that gets pushed back. So while I don't enjoy that process of pulling it together, I am, however, because of being a member of B1G1, I'm more motivated to do them on time and reviewing various different business stats because... Doing this actually enables me to calculate the charitable donations that I make for the month through B1G1. So what B1G1 is about, it's about buy one, give one, and you can map different business activities across specific charitable donations. So for instance, I make donations every time I sell a book, every time I sell an online course, every time I have a client meeting, every time I have a business meeting. There are different types of donations that I make. So I actually add up all the different time, all the different stats for the month and then make a financial donation that goes on to have a specific impact for the month. And you can actually see the micro impacts that I have through B1G1 again on my website. So for some reason, the fact that I'm really keen to make a difference and I'm really eager to make sure I process that donation on time is actually helping me do my accounts on time, which was wonderful, surprising byproduct of um, actually signing up and doing being part of the B1G1 community, which is also brilliant for many other reasons. There's another couple of things that I probably want to share here in terms of how focusing on impact has really helped me. I have definitely found that as I have got clear on the impact I want to have on the world, I seem to be attracting all sorts of really interesting clients, partners and opportunities to collaborate with who are very much aligned to where I want to go in the future. And it's a great reminder that when we have the courage to focus on what makes our hearts sing and making a difference to others, different doors, the right doors will start to open. In some ways, I guess... Having shifted my attention to focusing on impact, I do now feel that my business has grown up more and it's an even better reflection of who I am. I no longer feel that leaving a part of me outside the business, the charitable piece, that my desire to make a difference really does feel like it is integrated across all, all aspects of my business. And that does feel good. So I hope that some of what I'm sharing is helping you come up with ideas for how you can actually integrate the social impact and charitable giving into your business so you feel this deep sense of connection that I do too. Just got another couple of things to share with you and the eighth insight that I've had I guess actually this one's come through more the last few months and that is the need to develop a meaningful brand that really stands out. So I've mentioned the business case for doing good earlier on in this episode and what I also sense is there is a trend of more businesses supporting causes and focusing impact, focusing on impact, which is great for causes and great for the world. But a side effect of this trend continuing is that just simply supporting causes, just simply doing good may soon no longer make you stand out in business. And that almost is like the back, the negative side effect of me getting out there as well and doing the work that I'm doing in Give to Profit. 
but I think it is definitely a positive side effect if we can do more good in the world. Also starts to get me thinking about is the importance of doing more than simply doing good. It's about actually weaving this into your brand. So a brand is what others think and say about you or your business, especially when you're not in the room. A meaningful brand is one that makes a positive difference in people's lives. In other words, a business or brand that would be missed if it no longer existed. And I can remember being really, really touched when I gave up running a business network in Edinburgh and East Lothian last year. And quite a few people came up to me and said that they would really miss it which was lovely to hear that to actually realise that you're making a difference. And it did make me realise actually the value of that is something that's so intangible and sometimes you don't know the difference that you're making, but it also reinforces how important it is for us to be connected to our customers, to be connected with those in our community so that we do get a little bit of feedback as to the difference we're making. We can add value to others in so many different ways. So for instance, it could be the products and services that we're providing. Many businesses actually are having a massive social impact just through the nature of the business. You know, you take companies such as Facebook or Amazon, whatever you think of them, they have changed society some, in some ways for good and some ways for bad. But they have a lot of what they're doing is they're adding meaning to our life if we look at the positives, if we use them well, and if we look at the different ways in which they have enhanced our lives. It could be our customer service that actually adds value to people. It could be the way that we treat our staff or people in our team, the way that we support causes or the way that we contribute to local communities. There are many different ways that we can add value. If you want to be perceived as a business and brand and does good, however, it does need to be reflected across all areas of our business because any misalignment or incruency will send potential customers to your competitors. There's no point in doing good if you don't offer good products and services that people will want to buy. Likewise, doing good outside your business, for instance, in your community, will not help your brand develop a positive brand, be perceived as a positive brand, if you're also known for mistreating your staff. Or in the case of some people might be critical about Amazon because of the issues around tax avoidance in Europe or the fact that we are spending so much packaging, that side of things. There is actually also a gap, and I talked about this with Phil Hayde in his interview, there's a massive gap between what we say we want and what we don't like and what we actually do. And I know I'm guilty of this too. I would love for Amazon to use less cardboard and packaging, but I feed that because I do still buy from Amazon. So there is a gap between, if you like, some aspects of what we do. Some of this is about being truly honest with ourselves as consumers and being mindful of behaviours and consumer behaviours and, and take, sometimes take the lead from our own behaviours to help us make decisions as business owners. And as more businesses align their business activities to solving social problems and to being true to their values and the impact that they want to have, including supporting causes, then I think for all of us, it's a good thing. It raises the bar. There will be an increasing need for all of us as business owners to adopt best practices towards whatever social impact we want to have. And of course, my book discusses how we can do this in a way that supports causes. And it's also important to look at how we can incorporate social good practices into our core messaging and brand as a whole. Another thing, actually, that it was great to discuss and to learn more about was the importance of transparency 
consistency and why that matters, as I discussed with Caroline McKenna in her really, really insightful interview, which was episode nine. And I do honestly believe that there will be a shift towards greater transparency and a need for all of us to be more transparent in what we're doing in our business. And if you're unsure about how to do any of this, this is the kind of thing which I do touch on in my book and I'm going to continue to share more resources through things like my workshops and my online courses, but also through more of the interviews that I will be doing through this Give to Profit podcast. So the ninth insight was a personal one, and that is that I've really missed doing humanitarian work. So I've really missed being overseas. You know, volunteering overseas is something that I really, really do enjoy. Even when, if I'm entirely honest, it can be really hard work. And there's times when I have experienced terrible conditions, times when I have been physically challenged in terms of just being freezing cold, starving, exhausted, and with not much much respite, as well as being terrified in certain situations. But it's just something that I feel compelled to do. It just feels like part of me. It's a way in which I feel I can really make a difference. And yet it's been several years now since I've been to Rwanda helping genocide survivors. And I'm really feeling the need to do some more humanitarian work soon. And that has also been fueled by conversations I've had with quite a few of my guests who have also spent time overseas and in some kind of humanitarian capacity. And the people that I think of off the top of my head where I've had these conversations that you can listen to would be Kim Carpenter, Ursula York, and also actually Nanavati. And those are episodes 7, 10 and 14. And in those, we discuss some of our travels and our experiences of doing humanitarian work. Personally, for me, I also spent some time in Bali. You know, I was intending to take a, a, to run a gift to profit business impact retreat there next year, but unfortunately, that's been put on hold because of the eruption of Mount Agung in Bali and the fact that many of the people that we were actually going over to support anyway are now living in refuge centres. Now, I am hoping to get over there this year to suss out what the situation is and may well lead a trip there in 2019. But I'm unsure about that. But what I am definitely going to be doing this year is also going out to Nepal with a few close friends where we're going to be doing some social impact work so delighted and thrilled to be doing that and I will obviously share more about that I think you know if there's a message here for you it's actually encouraging you to think about not only the impact that you want to have in the world but the way in which you want to do it are you doing it in a way that you want are you getting all those needs met in the way that you're currently doing it or are there other things that are maybe missing that you could incorporate for yourself this year so that kind of ties into the last and final insight that I've taken away from 2017 and that it's important to give to ourselves too and it's interesting how this is the last thing that came to mind when I was actually scoping out and jotting down ideas for this podcast because I do like to think that I'm better at looking after myself than putting myself last in fact in my first book, Heartitude and the Nine Principles of Heart-Centered Success, I actually discuss the importance of this and the giving spectrum. And I think the personal growth I've had over the last year and the reflection upon this is that I realise I am much better at finding a balance between giving to others and giving to myself. The last year has been incredibly rewarding and it's been a really interesting time. 
And I've said to many people around me that even though I published the Give to Profit book last year, it still feels incredibly early days for Give to Profit as I dance with what my dreams are and my aspirations are for where this could go and blend this into what others seem to be interested in. And I've really, really enjoyed the time I've spent speaking to lots of different people around the world and growing my knowledge of expertise in the area of business giving and business as a force for good and social impact and I think it's been really important to give myself this time to expand my knowledge and to invest my time in pulling things together like this podcast show because it's only through doing this that I feel I can be of greater service to people like you listening to this show and to other business owners and leaders and causes and charities and not profits are looking to expand and grow their social impact. So I feel this has been important for me to be of greater service. And yes, it has meant that some of my goals for Gift to Profit have been put back. So for instance, the launch of my Gift to Profit online community, which I hoped to do months ago, and my online fundraising challenges. But even though I had intended to do them earlier, I am totally at peace with the fact that they've not happened yet because having a healthy work-life balance is so important to me and it's something that I encourage in all my clients and with everybody I know. I trust that whatever the future holds for Give to Profit, it will be the right thing and it will be even better because I have given to myself. So I hope that just by sharing that with you maybe encourages you to just be kind to yourself for the times that you haven't necessarily done things in the time frame you were looking to do them or you've not met the goals that you've set for yourself. That as long as you have this balance of being kind to yourself as well as others, to step into that place of trusting that that is the right thing to happen and that often when we take longer to do something, what we actually then share in the future is a much better version than it could have been if we'd gone out too early. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and any other episodes that you've listened to. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please do get in touch and let me know what your thoughts are or please leave a review on iTunes so that others can hear about what you think of this podcast too. And remember to check the show notes where I will be sharing some of the links I've mentioned and actually you'll also find a full transcript of this show there as well. I will be launching the Give to Profit community and fundraising challenges over the next couple of months and we'll be delivering more Give to Profit impact workshops again in the spring. So if you're interested in any of these, please do let me know and I will keep you posted. As always, remember, business is a great opportunity to be kind. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Give to Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes so you hear about our next episodes. It would be great if you left a rating and review of the show there too. For every review this month, Alison will be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. You can connect and chat with Alison on Twitter using the handle at Alison Mac and through the Give to Profit Facebook fan page. And if you don't already have a copy of Alison's best-selling book, Give to Profit, How to Grow Your Business by Supporting Charities and Social Causes, you can get this on Amazon around the world.